Welcome to the Land Your Bet Sports Betting Podcast. Josh Lander here with a special episode for the NBA in-season tournament. We are finally in the knockout stages. The quarterfinals begin on Monday with two games. I've got my boy Burr Oaks here to help me break these things down and give you guys some picks. We've got uh, Boston at Indy, and then we've got the Pellies at Sacramento in the Western Conference. Uh, so we're going to go through our best bets for both of those games. Got a few sides, I believe, and a bunch of player props. Really quick, I do want to say Friday night was garbage. Would love to forget that it ever happened. I think uh, Burr Oaks is on my same page there. I know my boy struggled to save tight, even though we're still really, really doing well in the season. I know uh, Burr Oaks definitely is a big uh, college and soccer capper as well. So uh, not as much NBA on Friday for him, but we sucked. Here's a quick look at how we did. I don't even really want to go through it. Uh, I am just going to say that the only good part uh, was that a few people actually reached out to me and were like, yo, don't even trip. It was a uh, bad night, but we appreciate you and the hard work. And that was a good feeling, you know, so at least that got me through the night uh, to make it through it. So still doing well in the season, up all these units, uh, and we'll look to improve on it but i am ready to get into this and not reminisce about stop uh sob stories from friday night anymore let's make some money tonight oaks how you doing man you ready to get into some of these bets yeah absolutely man uh we got a nice little two game slate uh picked a, a couple of spots i think have value and ready to go roll yes sir let's do it. i'm gonna just make clear like in this boston game it's important to know we're recording on sunday night to get ahead of this stuff with you but obviously it's the nba so there's a full a ch- you know it's chock full of injuries on that report Chris Stapps is officially out. We can just go ahead and rule that in there. And, and I'm, that definitely impacted some of my picks. I would imagine some of yours as well. Tyrese yeah. Halliburton's questionable. We got props for him. I, I feel like he's definitely playing. Obi Toppin also questionable. Jalen Smith is out, though. So I feel like Obi's playing unless he really, really can't go because they otherwise they really don't have too much at power forward and they're going to be super thin. So let's kick it off. Uh, I, I don't even really want to make you pick. You know, we don't have to go... But, game by game let's just go your favorite pick and kind of order folks and i'll I'll toss it to you for your first one uh this isn't my favorite pick i'm gonna say so my favorite pick kind of goes hand in hand with two picks uh and i'm gonna save it um listen i i like the over in boston indy it's hard not to indy's over in 16 of 18 games this season we all know that they like to jump out to a fast pace uh, if you're a first quarter, a first half better, I know that they've been a very popular target. Um, I know you've taken their overs several times, but I like their over again here. I believe in the last head-to-head, Boston blew the brakes off of them, right? Because Halliburton was out and they beat him by like 53. Um, I think that if Halliburton plays, this is going to be a more competitive game. And that game still went over 239 and a half, which is the line right now. So even in a complete blowout, Boston was able to cover that uh, without Halliburton. I know they're without Kristaps, and uh, I know we just mentioned the injuries, but I think there's plenty of points in this game. We know how Indy likes to play Pacey. We know how they like to push the ball. We know how they like to play in transition. Boston does like to slow the rock down a little bit more, but they're perfectly capable and have the athletes to make this a track meet if they want to. So I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to go with the over. I love it, man. Let's 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 start simple because I'm going with Boston minus four and a half. And like, I think this is one of the few teams in the league that when they're in trans, that when they play a team like Indy, you're like, they don't really need to slow it down. They can do the same shit. They, they can play that pace with you as well. They're also a top 10 transition team. They're also a top, I would say at least two, if not the best. It's funny, it's them in Houston. It's it's Ime's team and Ime's old team that are the best at defending uh, transition buckets and, and have the best transition defense in the league with the Rockets and the Celtics this season. 
And that's a huge part of it, right? Like it's interesting because Indy's um, opponents are actually not fast breaking. It, they, they have the uh, third fewest possessions against them per game in transition from their opponents because their opponents are like, if we can slow this team down, that they're a one trick pony. That's their sort of gimmick. It's not a gimmick. I mean, they have the best offensive rating in the league. They're not just the best, the fastest team. They're technically the most efficient on offense as well, which honestly, there's so many metrics that say if you play faster in the NBA, efficiency is, is tied to that directly. So it makes sense, honestly, with the sort of advanced style that old man Rick Carlisle is uh, is employing. Like, Nice to see his young blood uh, sort of in there. But uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to the transition stuff for me, man. Like I said, the, the, uh, the Celtics are, are second in terms of limiting the fewest points per possession in transition. They allow the seventh fewest points per game in transition. But they also are being fast braked against, like in a, to the tune of like the seventh most, right? The other teams are really trying to break them because they also have an incredible half court defense. By the way, should mention that's why they're a top uh, ten defensive team in the league, really top five in the league for the entirety of the season. They limit your free throws, uh, both in transition and otherwise, which is something that Indy relies on. Is is definitely the ability to like get hacked, going to the basket, score a ton of points in the paint because those points are all fast break points, and and that's usually where you finish on the fast break, right? But like I said, Boston, their ability to fast break on Indy's not very good fast break defense is going to be a huge part of this. I'm totally fine. I, I, I would never dream of taking an under in an Indiana Pacers game right now. So I'm not going to get cute with any of that kind of stuff. I'm just going to say four and a half with, with, for, the, for the Celtics. And I think they can beat the Pacers at their own game. Yeah, I looked hard at that four and a half as well. I knew you were probably going to be talking about it. That's kind of why I went with the over. Um, I I just like points in this one. And speaking of points, I like Drew Holiday assists. Um, I know that um, he, he struggled in their last game versus Indy back on November 1st. He only had four dimes, but in uh, five head to head since, the since January 16th, 2023, he's over in four out of the five. Uh, the problem with that first that game in November, he only played 25 in some change minutes. Um, he's consistently seeing 32 plus right now. Um, you know, he's over in 10 of 17 games played this year. Um, for Boston, I just think this is a really nice spot for. Holiday, uh, I know he's he does a lot of work on the glass as well as um, assisting. His points production hasn't been quite what people were expecting in Boston, but he's making up for it by stuffing the stat sheet other places. I think that if they do play fast and they do play in transition, like we were talking about, that Drew Holiday being able to drop off dimes and assists and get a breakout pass after he gets a rebound, that's going to play a big factor into it. So I really like this line. It is juiced. It's sitting at like minus 135, minus 140 over on DraftKings. Um, And it might even go up to five and a half assists by tomorrow. Um, So that's something to be wary of. You know, again, I, I, I like, I have better, numbers on the player like better price points on player props i'm going to take later but i just thought that drew holiday was worth highlighting here because i do think his assists is a spot to look at and i i like that we're keeping it in this game anyway so you don't you don't have to go in order of necessary best bets so i'm with you like and and I, i'm with you like my that my side uh in terms of taking the the celtics there like it a lot um but i actually do have a bet that i like a little bit more than that I like the assist for Drew. I like the scoring for Derek White is partly why I like the assist for Drew. 
to the points that you made. He is definitely taking a little bit of a backseat in the scoring department. But I think that like Drew Holiday's game is going to age well, very, very well. He's a tall point guard who's definitely going to continue to just lock dudes up on defense. Never going to give up on that side of the ball. Uh, and then at, like, as far as offense, like he's just he's never going to be a black hole. He's never going to be a dude, a dude that makes the offense stick in the mud because he feels the need to dribble or anything like that. He's just going to be the correct swing man on every single play. Um, and while Indiana isn't giving up a ton of assists, like they're coming from uh, from what I would call the shooting guard position, which is interesting as well against them. Um, and, and a guy like, you know, scoring basically scoring point guards are having a lot of success scoring. And Drew Holiday is definitely playing more of the two, which almost helps him facilitate. So. Uh, I'm going to finish off the my, my picks in this game. Well, I'll, we'll see. Either way, this is my favorite pick from this game. It's a prop, and it's Papa Al Horford. Um, and so I'm, I, I am going to go with him to get 18 and a half over that points and rebounds combined. Uh, and so in the four games without Chris Stapps, like, that's what a lot of this is. Chris Stapps is such an impactful player that's been playing so many minutes for them. You know, he's he's a focal point of the offense in the half court, especially with uh, JT and Jason Tatum playing, you know, off of him playing the pick and roll with Al Horford and with, with Chris Stapps and now with Al Horford. So in the four games that he hasn't played, he's played without Chris Stapps, he goes up to 31 minutes a game from 25. He's up to about 10, nine and a half, we'll call it rebounds per game, uh, as opposed to a 4.7 without Chris Stapps. 14 points per game, right, which gets us comfortably over, as opposed to fewer than six points per game when he's not out there. He's he's just there. He, when Chris Stapps is there, they're happy to let Al Horford take a little bit more of a backseat, save him for the playoffs, save him for an, an inevitable matchup with uh, Joel Embiid once again, which they're going to need him healthy for. Um, and so, you know, but now they don't have him. And so in these situations, especially where I do think that every team that's left in this tournament gives a crap about it. Right. So I, I do think they're not going to be saving Al Horford for anything. They've already played him 31 minutes in those four games. Like I said, he's gone over this in all four. Uh, and in the, in that time, he was playing teams that actually play a lot slower. He's playing Philly twice played Chicago once, which I don't need to tell you because you're wearing a Chicago jersey. That is a slow, sludgy offense oh. that you have to watch. So you get it. Uh, yeah, so I grew up on it. Tom Thibodeau ball too. Like I have never had an offense that wants to push the pace and play full court and play in transition. I am playing a lot of 70s style basketball in Chicago and it's tough. You, you're also it's like Chicago offense and football as well. For some reason, y'all just like it's your blue collar thing that you guys have. I, that's what I'm, I'm pinning it on is like the need to be. Blue it's all right. We have Bedard in the NHL. So like right. we're scoring goals. That's where you're <laughs> fancy. That's a good point. Uh, but for the rebounds for Papa Al, like you're just going to get more chances. That's the point of bringing up right. These slow teams versus a fast paced team. There's just a ton of rebound chances out there for centers. The top uh, six centers that I looked up in terms of the uh, opponents for the Pacers, there's been six centers that have all had more than 20 rebound chances, including uh, Embiid, Jalen Duran, and a couple other guys that all had more than 20 rebound chances. Papa Al is up to more than 16 rebound chances per game when he's playing without Chris Stapps. So the eight and a half boards, I, I like. I, I do like adding the points because it's just 10 and a half. He's got... Uh, two double-digit uh, rebound games this year without Chris Tapps in there. So that already gets us more than halfway to the 19 points and rebounds combined that we need. We know about the pace. The uh, Pacers are, are giving up a ton of points to centers, the the, uh, the most actually in the league, to centers on the season right now. So with a higher usage rate, more minutes, all that stuff for Al Horford in this one, I think the points are a great bet. And I'm going to throw the, the rebounds on there as well to get to 19. Nice. I love it. I'm going to stick with the centers theme because in the next game – we have a bit of a rivalry brewing, if I True. do say so myself. True. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas is squaring off against Sabonis, and 
Valanciunas is getting the better of the matchup, like historically uh, over the last five games. And I'm playing kind of a double dip here. I'm fading Sabonis on the rebounds. His line's at 11 and a half right now. I like the under. You can get almost plus money. I think it's minus 102 uh, unless anything's changed since I took a look. Yeah, it it looks like it's plus 102 now on the 11 and a half. Um, Sabonis, yeah, on the under. So we're going under 11 and a half. Sabonis has uh, only cleared – He's only had 12 or more rebounds once versus the Pelicans since uh, February 5th, 2003. They've played head-to-head five times. Valanciunas is a big boy, and he's aggressive when it comes to getting rebounds, and he's not afraid to throw his weight around. And this is kind of a soft matchup on Sabonis, who, let's be honest, prefers to pass. Like, he's a little bit more of a triple-double threat. He's big. He can get uncontested rebounds. He also moves really well and gets under the board and, like, plays it off the rim. But he's not, like, the kind of guy, like, you know, throwing it back to, the like, Rodman or, like, you know, one of those old big centers that's going to stand in the paint, be a physical presence, and make you want to not come back there like Valanchunas is. So uh, on the flip side of the under 11 and a half that I think is good for Sabonis, I went ahead and took Valanchunas. I like his over-rebounds. He's had um, since March 6, 2003, they played head-to-head four times. He's gone over in three of the four. He's had 12, 13, and 11 in those overs. And he also scores really well against Sabonis. He gets it done uh, on the offensive side of the ball, scoring his points too. He hasn't scored less than 10 in this head-to-head, and he's put up 19, 13, 10, and 15. So I think that you're getting really nice value on a Joe Val double-double at plus 135. Love it. Love it. So are are you, and you like the under as well for for Sabonis eleven and a half boards. Yeah. So I like the rivalry here. I think yeah. Joe Val gets the better of him again. I'm taking his double double. I'm taking Joe Val at plus one thirty five for a double double. And I think that you know he's able to. He's bigger. He's more physical. He's able to box out and he's able to rebound over Sabonis. So I'm going to follow yeah. the trend there as well. And I'm going to take Sabonis under eleven and a half. I love it. I love it, dude. I have a, a slightly correlated bet that I don't think is going to eat into your shit at all from that game, too, which is my prop from also that game. going to change to purple LEDs. To sh- <laughs> love it. Well, also, I mean, light the beam, baby. I mean, I don't even know if you play that, but uh, even though you're fading Domas, you know what's crazy, dude? I, I got to say, my first thing for, for that game, as far as a prop goes, I'm going with Zion. It's Every time I go with Zion, I feel chalky, but I, I find the right spots. I, I've hit him twice now this year and was correct on both those spots, including a 24.5-point um, prop line for him in their one of their games against uh, SAC, which he hit. He went both over in both of the games that they played this season where they smacked him. They, like, they, they beat him by, by six one time, then they smacked him the second time because uh, SAC was coming off a back-to-back really uh, like energy-consuming win that they had the night before against Dallas, who plays at a super-fast pace. And like trying to stop Luka and Kyrie every in a game is going to be very exhausting. Uh, they put up 129 points. Point being, like, I think there's a revenge narrative here as well. So it's it, I'm definitely doing this thing where I'm going, I'm supporting some of these props for the Pellies, but I'm also like, I think De'Aaron Fox is going to make sure that they don't lose this game. I, I know, I think Jose Alvarado is going to be playing, 
I still don't think it matters. I still think De'Aaron Fox is going to take over this game entirely. There'll probably be a lot of Herb Jones on him, to be honest. Uh, and Herb didn't play in one of those games where De'Aaron had a really good game. So that's a big part of it. And Herb Jones will be available for this one. Um, but more importantly, my favorite bet is still, like, I, I, I am going to take the Kings to win this one. I am taking them at four and a half. Um, I, I'll talk about that in a sec, but I mentioned Zion as my favorite prop. So I'm just going to do that one real quick because, like I said, feels chalky, but it's 24 and a half, and it's a bad matchup. The moment that I started looking at this game, I was like, right, Zion against somebody that is not go- that's just a team that's not going to match up well with him. Harrison Barnes is the main guy covering him. He completely toasted Harrison Barnes for 12 points in the four and a half minutes that he was guarding him in the last game. Um, this is why he's done well and gone over three times in a row versus sack is the matchups are that bad for him. He attempted, he's gone over this attempting 12 shots and 14 shots as well in that time period. Just so you know, like he's getting to the line. Um, part of this is the turnstile that is Domas Sabonis down low as far as the defensive center. Like when it comes to boxing out, yeah, I mean, Domas can box out on the defensive end just fine. But when it comes to a guy's charging him at the rim of Zion's stature, or even not Zion's stature, to be honest, it's it's lights out, right? Uh, the, the, the matchup goes beyond just Zion dominating Harrison Barnes or Trey Lyles, who probably isn't going to play, or anybody like that. It's also the fact that the uh, Domas, specifically, and, and his team are fourth worst at limiting guys inside of five feet. Like, if you want, you can play taps at the rim against this Kings team. It's interesting because they are limiting. Um, they have they are limiting second chance points uh, to a pretty good degree. Actually, second fewest in the league this year. Uh, but this is a different beast. This is Zion and his double jump. And last game he had eight second chance points against them. So I still think he's very capable of getting his. I still think Sack is very capable of winning this game. It's down to three and a half. And Sharps probably have been betting this down from five and a half where it opened. That's why you see it at three and a half while we're recording. I think it's going to linger around here between three and five. So do what you will with that as you're you know, sort of day trading this bet. Uh, but more importantly, like I think Zion is good for 25, even if they do lose this game, which I'm expecting because there's just such a bad matchup for him down low. Nice. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else going on for these two matches. Oh, good. Let me, let me throw one more at you then and see what you think. Let's I got, I got two more. Cause I went, I, I went in on this, on this Boston game. I think. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, yeah. I love the idea that like you, you like this is my favorite thing in hoops is like this dude who is very impactful in the game isn't playing. There's only five guys on the court. How much is that impacting the other guys? Everybody's stuff is going up without Chris Stapps. And he missed a game that two, three games that weren't exactly offensive uh, juggernaut style games or barn burners, if you will. It was like the Chicago game. And then it was two Philly games, one of which went over, one of which went wildly under. So my, my point here is like you're getting a lot of value in these guys who are already doing so much better without Chris Epps on the floor. Plus you get the, the, the juice of, of the, you know, the pay, playing the Pacers, just not a good defensive team that play at a bajillion um, possessions a game. So that all said, this is one I really like. And then I want to see, I, I haven't hit the other one yet, but Derek White over 19 and a half points and assists. He's benefiting at a greater rate than anyone when Chris Stapps is out. And it does make sense after looking into it a bit more. So he's gone over 19 and a half points and assists in all four games without Chris Stapps this season. He's averaging 19 and a half points per game without Chris Stapps this season. Uh, and his assists also, and that's up from 12.7 in the other 13. The uh, assists go from four and a half with Chris Stapps to seven without him. And this all makes sense. It's like I was saying with, with Papa Al as well. Like Chris Stapps just takes up so much of the offensive energy and, and focus because it's a lot of like how he and Jason Tatum are playing together in the half court. And then a lot of just Jalen Brown leaking out and going on fast breaks 
on, on almost every possession. So with the, with Derek white, it's like, he's got more space to work with. He's got the ball in his hands more in the, in the, in the half court, rather than Jason Tatum being the, the point guard, his usage goes up as a result, his potential assists go, uh, go up from seven to 11, which is huge. Like four more opportunities for those dimes. He's cashing in on about three more per game. As a result of that, Indy allows the ninth most points per game two point guards. They're uh, pretty good at defending assists, like I said, but because D. White is getting so much value with all this, it's only at like three and a half assists for him at two, which is just juiced all the way down. That's why I wanted to add the points in there. But Indy, with all the points and stuff they're allowing, I, I got to go with D. White uh, over 19 and a half points and assists as well. Kind of like my final bet, and then I have a lean, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on the the, the, the play. Yeah, there. so without Chris Fidop, that's also why I jumped on the Drew Holiday assists. Um, one, you know, Again, when somebody leaves the floor, their their stats have to go somewhere. They're either going to go to the role player taking a spot who may or may not be splitting a bunch of minutes. But a lot of times the starters tend to pick up uh, at least part, little parts of everybody's game and start to accumulate those stats. Without Kristop, uh, Drew had nine assists on the 29th uh, versus my Bulls. Um, and then he had six versus Philly on the first. Uh, he didn't do so hot in that first game versus Philly, but hey, uh, it's a small sample size. But yeah. again, that's me and you had the same reason that we got to different props. Yep, 100%. And the assist shouldn't eat in for Derek White either. It's crazy. I want I want to take assists for everybody. Jalen Brown's been getting assists somehow yep. as well. I mean, it's just like there's going to be points. For the, the Celtics, like once you get in transition, like there's going to be a number of guys out there. It's just about who got the board and and, and go because literally Derek White, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown uh, and Drew Holiday, all of them are capable of getting it and going. And you expect that to be the case in a game where they're obviously they know the other team's going to be fast breaking. But I thought about JB last thing before I, I take us out. I thought about Jalen Brown, 25 and a half points. It's high. It's high for a reason. But the dude is scoring the most points per game in transition of any player in the league. He's out there on in transition at the, like the fifth highest frequency and the second most overall possessions in trans. Like that's his job. It's either get it and go or someone else gets it and go. Right. And so he's, he's out there doing that. I just, there's, I, I pull, I pull back on it. It's, it's a lean for right now. Cause 25 and a half is scary to me. You know, I did the same thing. Everybody on Boston. I'm like, these the points line is so damn high without Porzingis in there. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I get why it's just, it's a tough, it's tough for me to tell you guys to take a position on something that I'm less sure whether or not I'm going to take a position on. Yeah. 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 There's just, there's not as much discrepancy between my projections and the way that they're they're putting these lines for points and stuff. Right? Yeah. That's why. Right. They're know. sharp. They, they make, they're in business because most of the time they're pretty sharp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. And in a, in a mainstream sport like this. So, that's all the time we got for you in this one, though. I'm really excited to have Oaks on here. Dude, uh, you just started your Discord channel as well, right? You want to tell everyone about that real quick? Yeah, I uh, I started uh, my Discord channel. Um, I'm a big soccer handicapper. I do a show with BetUS every Thursday. Me and my boy Leg do a show every Wednesday night, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, Two Foot Talk. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, at Burroaks77. Uh, the thing I... You know, the reason I started my Discord is I just 
I, I write a lot of blogs. So like I write college basketball blogs. I did one the other day, um, Butler and this kid, Posh Alexander, who's a total stud. He actually used to play at St. John's with uh, Champagny, who is now of the San Antonio Spurs. Um, and he worked on his free throws and he's hitting it like 12% more free throw percentage after transferring out of Johns to Butler. And that's the step you take that goes from I'm not playing basketball after college to now I'm starting to get looked at and definitely going to probably get at least a G League look and might be looking at an NBA draft look if you continue to hit 84% as an undersized shooting guard from the charity stripe. That's the biggest portion of his game he needed to work on. Um, and, and he's done it and he looks great at Butler. So I'm a big college basketball guy. I do lean sheets every week. Uh, the discord, it's a fun place. Uh, we can talk and hang out, but mostly it's all my detailed record keeping. I keep um, records for college basketball. I separate out each soccer league blah, 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 whatever. It's, it's a good way uh, for you to learn how to organize your yep. own data, because if you're not tracking your units, it's tough to stay profitable. So yep, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to interrupt you to say like, I am still trying to learn a lot from you in that sense. Like that is the main thing that I, I know for now, uh, as, as you get this thing going with the discord that like something I'm trying to do as well that we've talked about is like you go into the, the video descriptions and I've got the links to all of the free uh, I'm not not the ones I'm paying for because I don't want to like I'm not right. I'm paid to tell but you there guys are free to them, tools out there. But there's a ton of really good free tools that I'm using that I'm trying to make clear. So that's the number one thing. One and two is is like learning, just learning, right? Is like learning right. what how your your process, not just in terms of deciphering which bets to place, but also in how you like track this and treat it like a fucking business, like an adult. Where it's like I'm willing to spend that money on a thirty on a seventy percent chance that I lose. I've done the math on why I think this is worth it. I've yep. got my investments in order, et cetera, et cetera. I'll get off my high horse, but <laughs> definitely hit that uh, that link up for for um, Oaks. I'm gonna have that in the uh, description here, bro, so you can make sure that people know that that's available. Uh, I'm gonna keep having you on, dude, as much as you'll come on, and then maybe you know we'll, we'll even start doing some some soccer stuff or some some CBB on here as well, since that's your forte, and uh, we can get some good content out there as well. But continue to follow along, like and subscribe definitely want you guys to check out the uh, in-season tournament video that i put together just a couple minutes with some mvp bets and some of the champion stuff that i looked at so until we see you next happy betting